0: This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl
5: champion Sean King on v the Sports Betting Network. It is a new week, but it is the same crew hanging out with you on the E. That is Sean King, Super Bowl champion. I am Tim Murray. We're live from the Circus Sportsbook. We are fired up for another week. A big, big college football week ahead of us. A massive Thursday night showdown. But week number seven in the NFL season is not concluded just yet, Sean. It has not. Saints and Seahawks tonight. Saints leading 10-7. Second half just underway. And this game closed here at Circa with New Orleans as a six-point favorite. You know, usually in this spots, last night we saw another primetime dog come home. I like to grab the dog, but I don't know. that The line kept moving. I stayed away from it. And right now, the favorite is leading 10-7. to uh, I only played, I only had one bet tonight, and it's already cash. So I'm happy. Alvin Kamara over receptions. Something that our good friend Brad Evans had on his spreadsheet out there. It's always nice, like I said, when you know Kenny White comes on and agrees. Huh? And sometimes it comes home, UCLA. We'll get to that later. Um but it's always nice when you have a bet and then someone you trust in believes the same thing. So that is uh that is nice to have that in the pocket.
4: I mean, I just was going back and
5: whew.
4: I'm just a genius. I mean, I was right all over the place. <laughs> People told me they didn't like right. the NFL schedule. I said, I thought it was great. You know, awesome. Uh, yeah, you were. Uh, yeah, I tried to help our survivor friends. I gave them uh, Patriots, Colts, Saints. You gave them
5: Patriots. That was the only one. No,
4: I have all three of them right there. I said Patriots, Colts, and Saints. And you laughed at all three because you said I, I was taking road. I did not. Matter laugh, of fact, because you said the, they Patriots, were underdog. The Patriots were my play. Right, right. But and I didn't laugh at all I gave, three. I gave all because you said I was taking road teams. Two road teams. Yeah, Patriots. And one of them was an underdog.
5: Yeah, I would not in Survivor. I would not advise taking. Had a great week. Favorites. Wake Forest. Underdogs.
4: Wake, even though it took seventy, to cover, They, they finally uh, covered. Is hey, this the whole to show artists.
5: today It's just gonna be just gonna be a, a
4: victory lap for you. Well, no, this is just like a little little small little.
5: Yeah. Success. By the way, Wake Forest. Great job offensively, but yeah. to give up fifty six points. That yeah, was disappointing.
4: Army, and Army used three quarterbacks. On. The quarterbacks killed. The starting hurt. quarterback. It didn't matter.
5: My whole handicap on Army was multiple well, I didn't think the defense would be that bad. So congrats to Sam Hartman. He he yeah. filleted them. He's pretty good. 17 minutes, they were able to score 10 touchdowns, yeah. which is incredible. But the starting quarterback for Army who was back in the lineup, and that's why I took the three and a half. They played back Got out of the game
4: in like a, a quarter. So. The big the big bing, the big king, best bet came through. Yeah, easy. USF. USF. That was one and a half. I, I had no opinion on win. that game. It'd so well easy. done on that. Oh, one. Yeah. So I just want people to make sure that they listen throughout the week. Make sure you write down because people want to. You get lost winners. a cigar though. I did. I mm. did because you got a little pride. You got a little pride. Fall. Yeah. Yeah. You actually offered me the points with Iowa State. And I said, no, I just took Oklahoma State to win outright. That's a mistake on my part. But if you bet Oklahoma State based on that conversation, they did cover. And I really think they would have won. But the officials, I don't know if they had checked their uh, cell phones and saw how much they were getting ridiculed (laughs) for the ridiculous touchdown they took off the board for alleged taunting. However, Iowa State did score on that drive. But that was definitely a first down for Oklahoma State on fourth down. That guy landed on top of players. Well, his momentum and the tackle carried him past the first down marker. Very disappointed in officiating in that game. But shout out to Matt Campbell. They found a way to get a win at home with a great environment yeah. against a, a ranked, you know, team that had not lost the game. So again, the Big Twelve is, I mean, is becoming the pudding conference. I mean, when you see Oklahoma, <laughs> who's supposed to be the cream of the crop, is down to Kansas at half ten I nothing. Mean, they didn't score. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Come on, man. We, By the way, if, I- even if they run the table. If they get in the college football oh, playoffs,
5: it's ridiculous. They'll get smoked.
4: It's just ridiculous. Like, they shouldn't be able to make it no matter what. And so I think that Oklahoma State loss, in my opinion, hurts them more than it helps them. I think they needed to play an undefeated Oklahoma State team in Bedlam because Oklahoma's not been impressive. And I just don't think you should – if they go undefeated – I know, right? but I don't think you should reward a team because their conference was bad that season. Oregon found a way. Yep, against UCLA. Congrats to them. If Oregon runs the table and Oklahoma runs the table, and it comes down to those two teams, I think Oregon is more deserving, you know, of that playoff berth than Oklahoma.
5: That's a fascinating discussion. Uh, if that happens, by the way, if that happens, Cincinnati, see you later. Uh, you're well, Notre Dame's
4: not still winning, so that that win still. Yeah, and SMU's still undefeated, but you're
5: you're not going to have a team like Oregon if they run the table with a win at Ohio State who continues to win, get Well left the Big out. Ten's
4: gonna matter. The Big Ten is gonna matter. I mean it, it really, I think the Big Ten champion is in. Likely. Most likely. I, just, I guess not I still think there's Round 100%. 100%. Robin it's not inconceivable that all of those teams don't end up with two losses. Well the thing about the thing about it is
5: when you look at Ohio State, Ohio State already has that loss. So they can't uh, they can't afford to lose right. one of those games. So that's the tricky part for the Big Ten is when it comes down to their champion right we've seen Iowa already lose i think they lose this weekend at Wisconsin um so you know the west is kind of its different situation that's
4: just an opponent it won't matter they don't Michigan,
5: have a you have Michigan you have Michigan state play both this undefeated week. they yep. play each other ohio state plays penn state penn state takes a big uh, fall they're
4: done from the playoff but, but they could still win the capable p- oh they of could upsetting. absolutely absolutely and and I, and here's where i think Cincinnati gets in if they run the table. I don't think Alabama can beat Georgia. Right. And, and, and a two-loss Alabama team does not get in. 100%. No. What, what you're saying is, I, I, what, what I've
5: always just said about this situation is that Cincinnati still needs help. They need Alabama to lose to Georgia it'll or play. to lose somewhere yeah, along the way. They need one of those other conferences, whether it be the Big Ten to eat itself up or Oregon to lose again, which I still think is very possible. Even though they played well and they figured out a way to win at UCLA, that loss hurts. Or they need Oklahoma. I mean, what will be really fascinating to me is if Oklahoma, let's say, loses to Iowa State and then They're avenges out. that loss. They're out. I don't. I, I just don't think know. They have,
4: they've been so.
5: They've been inconsistent. And inconsistent they've had some consistent, and they have not been dominant. Cincinnati did not help themselves like the this weekend. That, the that, but you have to remember. The committee is finding ways to poke holes in Cincinnati. Right. Whether it's fair or not, you can't go to Navy and win by six.
4: Well, I that mean, was bad. I, I, I still think that in, Navy has been good in recent years. They are terrible. So here's year. a team we haven't talked about. And and here's kind of, I'm just making this analogy. I still think there's an underlying belief that playing close games against service academies just happens because of the type of individuals that play for those academies. Like, it's just, like, listen, yeah. Wake Forest is better than Army. Like but Wake Forest is life and death. Nobody's talking about what happens if Wake Forest goes undefeated. Yep, that's I mean, they question. haven't lost yet. Well, another... and they're going to get everything that they want because NC State lost again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clemson's out of the picture for the ACC Championship game. So I mean, I don't really think Wake Forest has a huge can't win game or a game where they're not going to be as talented as the opponent. So what do you do with the ACC champion? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you if, if it's
5: undefeated. I'll tell you right now while you're while you're not wrong. Wake Forest is going to be an underdog in three consecutive games in the month of November. They will be an underdog at UNC. They will be an underdog at home against NC State. And they will be an underdog at Clemson. Whether or not you think they can right. win all those games, you, you may be right. But I'm just saying the odds makers are adjusting quickly on Wake Forest. But it's an indicator what the line was this weekend of being three mm-hmm. and having sharp action on Army, which was wrong. But having sharp action, they will be a dog In the month of November in three consecutive games.
4: And speaking of dogs, we're going to start putting a particular team in college and NFL in the doghouse. And this (laughs) week's initial doghouse entrant in college football is the NC State Wolfpack. I mean, that was an embarrassing, (laughs) embarrassing performance by that coaching staff. I mean, they were so conservative early in that game for reasons unknown to man. You don't like kicking a field goal down four just, with I, four minutes to go in the fourth quarter? But even before that, Tim, from what the first doing? play of the game, I'm telling you, like, their first 8-9 series, they ran the ball on first down into, like, a loaded 8-9 man box. It was unbelievable. I, I mean, it, it was, I was looking at it like, wow, are they trying to lose? And, and then, to, I mean, they were dropping balls. Quarterback played real uneven. I, that was a bad performance by NC State, especially after knowing that Pitt had given Clemson their second loss. I, I just third think, loss. Well, I'm talking about conference. Oh yeah, conference loss, second conference loss. So uh, just a, a terrible performance. They're in the doghouse. They're in, they're in the doghouse. They're in the
5: king doghouse. Oh yeah,
4: And you never get out of Sean King. Oh yeah, they're doghouse. in the doghouse for the rest of the
5: year. Um, we'll get you update on on the Seahawks. I, I got a
4: and hold on. I got my NFL doghouse okay. before we go to break. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's no way you should go a half a football and score three points against the Chicago Bears.
5: By the way, Jason Myers just missed a 44 yard field goal for those of you who have the Seahawks. Uh, it was a drive here, run the Seahawks, the dog getting six, and you miss a field goal there. You can't feel great if you took the points with Seattle, so a missed field goal there. Now the live line at DraftKings sits at New Orleans, minus five and a half, a total of 34 and a half right now, uh, live line in this one, and the money line. New Orleans minus three thirty, and the Seattle Seahawks at plus two forty. So uh,
4: that is where we stand on Monday Night Football, ten to seven. Uh, anything you play in this one? No, I had I had I didn't touch this game. I had I had a good weekend. I just sacked this one out. I didn't like when the line moved. I didn't want a bad number on New Orleans, and I'm glad I did because they are not very good on offense until they get Michael Thomas back. They need Michael Thomas. Got some guys back. Quan Alexander. Um... And one of their other defenders just came back. So they're starting to get healthy. We'll see if it matters. But they definitely need Thomas and his explosiveness. Well, Alvin
5: Kamara has nine of the 14 completed passes for
4: Jameis Winston tonight. Trayvon Smith was the other one that came
5: back. Yeah, we've seen Marquez Callaway a couple catches, Adam Troutman a couple catches. But Alvin Kamara tonight uh, over on his total yardage prop. Uh, as he is sitting at a 146 right now, struggling on the ground, but is uh, making it up in the receiving game. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. Keep you updated on Monday Night Football, and my apology coming up next right here on the Nightcap. This is The Nightcap on vSend, the Sports Betty Network. Welcome back. This is The Nightcap presented by, and this segment's being presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zin nicotine pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties including spearmint, coffee, and citrus, Zin can be found at convenience stores nationwide so you can find your Zin wherever you are. Zin's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell, plus it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zen comes in two strengths, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zyn contains nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers 21 and over. Learn more and find your local realtor at that's Zyn.com, that's zy Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It is an iCAP here on Vison that man right here, Sean King. I am Tim Murray. 10-7 to 7 is where we stand right now as the Saints ready to punt the ball back to the Seattle Seahawks. It has been a uh, low-scoring affair uh, so far out in New Orleans. Pre-flop on this one, 42 was the total. And if you took the under, you're feeling pretty good at this point, Sean, with the way that this game has been going. Mentioned Jason Myers missing a field goal last time down for the Seahawks, but the Saints able to do nothing, trying to go vertical uh, a couple times, but to no avail and now we will see the Seahawks back out there. Uh, The Seahawks offensively today, it's been pretty much one big strike to DK Metcalf and
4: nothing else. Yeah, and it's interesting how Tyler Lockett has just been with the change in quarterback. It's like, he doesn't even play for the Seahawks. Yeah. And, you know, he was such a big factor of what they were doing with Russell Wilson. Like, I think that's what Seattle has to do. They have to figure out how to get Lockett back involved because – He's too good of a player, and so he's not even getting targets. Right? They're not even looking for him, so that's a mistake. And that's, if I'm Geno Smith, hopefully I have somebody around me or Tyler will come to me and say, hey, you know, I can help us win this game. Give me a chance. Give me the football.
5: Lockett has two catches for 12 yards here tonight. DK Metcalf mentioned his 84-yard touchdown uh, reception and a career-long for him. G- scored the game's first touchdown, so if you had that prop, you can cash it and for DK Metcalf went over his receiving yards on that play. Right now, heading into this drive, Sean, they have 173 yards of total offense. 84 came on one play. So, 89 yards every other possession so far for the Seahawks. But still in it. 10 to 7 is where we stand. Seahawks went off as 6 point home underdogs in this spot.
4: Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, to think about what's what's viewed as one of the top 3 outdoor Home environments on a standalone game on Monday night to be almost a touchdown underdog. Like, that's unheard of. And I know Russell Wilson isn't there, but, you know, it just shows that there's a lot of parity in this league from year to year. Uh, But we'll see. Uh, We'll see. Maybe DK Metcalf can do something besides catch one ball. I'm not a huge fan of his, by the way. DK Metcalf? Yeah. Just not. Explain. A little really disrespectful what he said to uh, Shannon Sharp, Mm. you know, a Hall of Famer. You know, I just think sometimes when those guys show me their sensitivity, You know, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. You know, for those of you that didn't see it. It was a couple weeks ago. Shannon questioned his decision not to go out of bounds on the last drive at Pittsburgh. and He came back and was very disrespectful. You know, almost trying to undermine the fact that Shannon was a Hall of Famer. Right. (laughs) You know, so. And it was a boneheaded play. Yeah. And I just, I think these young guys got to realize when you promote yourself to the public the way that they do, you know, you show up, you got a different color hair every week. I mean, Stop being so sensitive, especially when you're wrong. I mean, the right football play was to catch the ball, get out of bounds. You know, he probably could have won the game by getting your kicker, you know, 10, 15 yards closer as opposed to this mad scramble because he ultimately ended up fumbling the ball. Right. And then they had to clock the ball with no time. You know what I mean? Like, so just have thicker skin.
5: About six and change to go in the third quarter. Saints leading 10 to seven. Just a quick look at the uh, live line.
4: Shootout in Seattle? Yeah.
5: Uh, (laughs) Live line 10 to 7. right before this, uh, right before this drive started, uh, it's actually ticked down to four in favor of the saints, uh, just a moment ago, 31 and a half. So we'll keep you updated on this one. But, uh, I, I do just, uh, I, I have something to say, uh, An to, apology. to my, uh, to my co-host, okay.
4: Mr. Sean King. And I, and folks, I have no idea what he's about to say. Yeah.
5: And I, I just want to quote a uh, very philosophical man. Okay. Um, A fictional character named Happy Gilmore. (laughs) I'm stupid. You're smart. I was wrong. You were right. You're the best. I'm the worst. You're very good looking. I'm not very attractive. Clemson, on October 23rd, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) on October 23rd, earned their third loss. Of the season, third loss of the season. I don't know how many people came on this show and said you're crazy. I know I said you're crazy because even after this Clemson team scored three points in the opening game of the season, it's week one. The ACC—I know you call the Pac-12 the pudding conference—but the ACC has kind of been the pudding conference outside. Of the Clemson Tigers. Florida State's been down. Miami's been down. You never know what you're going to get from NC State. Pittsburgh. Virginia Tech wants to fire their coach. Duke stinks. You know, UNC. Oh, they're top 10. Then they lose week one to Virginia Tech on the road. Who's going to beat them, Sean? Who's beating them in the ACC? That's what somebody said. Me. Well, NC State beat them. And Pittsburgh just beat them. They are 4-3. and And you, sir, earn your last name. Because you are the king. You predicted this. I wish we could go back and find the audio. We'll do. We'll find it somewhere. But you are the only person. I think you're the only person on this planet that said Clemson would lose three games. And you hit that not on November 30th.
4: But on October 23rd, and they're probably going to lose again. Yeah, I I really probably shot too uh, high. My (laughs) God. Looks like like they might lose four or five.
5: I mean, you have been saying this, and, you know, part of me was like, okay, could they lose two games? Yeah, but they'll probably still win the ACC. I don't know what this team is right now. All I know is congrats to Pittsburgh. I didn't bet this game. I thought Pittsburgh was going to figure out a way to blow this and and not win as a favorite. And they took care of business, and now Pittsburgh, you know, they're in the discussion of not only winning this uh, conference, but Kenny Pickett has legitimate Heisman aspirations. Whether you believe it or not, I don't tend to believe that, but he should be talked about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he got some new blood in the ACC. You know, Pat Narduzzi deserves a lot of credit, but they did Narduzzi a game earlier this year, losing to Western Michigan, and that loss to a team that probably won't even win the MAC is going to keep them really from, I think, legitimate playoff conversations because you just can't have that loss, and this this conference is down. But regardless, hell of a win, and you, sir, deserve all the credit. I was wrong. You were right.
4: I appreciate that. You're I, the king, I thank you. I am not. I thank you, and and I'll be humble in accepting your apology. The first time and in your life, I'll say this as we move forward. I put a lot of work and research into my opinions. Like I don't just say things. Like I really dig deep. I have a huge advantage when it comes to college football because I recruited almost all of these kids, or I evaluated almost all of these kids. Like because I would I would make sure that the top three hundred kids in the country. I had evaluated all of them. None of them were coming to South Florida, but I was always preparing for if I got a call from Nick Saban or Kirby Smart, I had to go. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be knowledgeable. So I just knew that a lot of those kids that Clemson has signed in their last two-and-a-half classes, they weren't ready for prime time, like that crew that they've had over the last six to eight years. But again, it's not all doom and gloom for Clemson. A lot of guys are getting a lot of playing time. The one thing that I would be hesitant about if I was a Clemson fan. They haven't looked like the better team. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes the better team can just not play well and lose. Clemson didn't look like a better football team than Pitt. Pitt looked like they had better athletes. They looked like they were better coached. They played with more effort and energy. So, you know, again, sometimes messaging gets stale. Sometimes kids that come into your program don't have the same internal – self-discipline, self-belief that the kids that are leaving and exiting have, and you have to fix that. So we'll see. Uh, I I hope I'm right about another thing that I said, which is that Cincinnati goes undefeated and makes a college football playoff. I really do because I'm not even going to take this Navy game and downgrade them. Navy, Air Force, Army, especially when you're going on the road in those environments, they're always tough games. Like, very rarely does one of the service academies lose bad at home. No matter who they're playing, they'll go on the road sometimes and get mollywopped and waxed. But historically, if you look at the home games for the service academies, they play everybody tight. But before this game, I thought Cincinnati was really hitting their stride. I agree. They're starting to play well in all three phases. So to Luke Fickle and that crew, hopefully he can stay away from All the distractions of him leaving and get this team to finish strong and get the first non-power five into the college football playoff. That'll be huge.
5: SMU looked the part this weekend. Nice, confident win by them, winning by four touchdowns, setting up hopefully a big showdown later in the month of November. We'll talk more about that as the show goes on. But up next, we got a World Series right around the corner. Cody Decker breaking it down right here on the Nightcap. This is the nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming. Daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to vison.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only 22 bucks a month. Sign up now at vison.com backslash subscribe. We did go to break. Guess what? No more points were scored. But I think Seattle's going to attempt a field goal. They missed their last field goal attempt, so we will see. Sean's favorite thing in the world is kickers. Uh, and uh, they will be coming out. Seattle will to try to tie this game up. It'll be a 50-yarder for Jason Myers. I
4: mean, he missed from 44. How could he make it from 50?
5: All right, we'll, we'll see. Right now, there's a 50-yard field goal attempt. It's up, and it is good. I think it got. Tipped. He said, "Take that, Sean King." It got tipped. Take that. So 10 to 10 is where we stand. 14 to 4. Uh, 14 seconds to go. And honestly, 10 is. A number that we saw quite a lot in the ALCS, because it was over, over, over until it wasn't in Game 6. Let's bring in Cody Decker. He's been on the show a handful of times, live in studio. We go to his beautiful home today, uh, at Decker6, is where you could follow him on Twitter. And uh, Cody, um, so much about this series. Look, I, I just, I'll be honest, I got a Braves 16-1 to ticket, and I just want the Braves to win. I don't like the Astros. (laughs) They're cheaters. I like Dusty Baker. They're not cheaters. They're cheaters. They're cheaters. They cheated. They aren't cheating. Yeah. And then in 2019, my Nats beat them, and it was awesome. But, Cody, how do you like my chances with the Braves going into this series? I like it in
1: principle. How do I like your actual ticket? Not at all.
5: I, I just don't. I,
1: I, 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 trust me. No one wants. The, no one wants the Braves to win more than I want to want, want the Braves to win. I can't stand the Astros, just like you. And I completely disagree with Sean. Cheaters, cheaters, cheaters. Always will be cheaters. Always have been cheaters. Cheaters. They cheated. Remember that time they cheated, Sean? I do. They remember. cheated. It happened.
4: Cheated, not cheating. There's a difference. Look, I you can oh. like you you like Dusty Baker. I love Dusty Baker. Like, so here, that here, guy's awesome. Here's why I push back on anyone that calls the Astros cheaters because they haven't cheated since Dusty got there. So if you are of the belief that they're still cheating, then you're saying that Dusty Baker's a cheater. All I know, and I'm is not the, gonna put that jacket the, on him. Is the five foot six. Sh- second baseman who absolutely breaks.
5: absolutely mashes I but love Cody you know what was it oh his tattoo he got a new tattoo he didn't want to show his what I know it's it's in the past but I just I can't get over it Dusty cleaned it up but they are but they but to get into analysis and they are the favorites and they've been bet up in the series price in this series Cody uh, they have been absolutely mashing
1: They have been, and you can't lie about how awesome Dusty Baker is. I think Dusty Baker is the single greatest creation Major League Baseball has ever given the world. Him and Cito Gaston. Just, I can't decide if it's Cito Gaston's sweet small mustache or Dusty Baker's toothpick. Either way, I'm a fan of both. Dusty Baker is what every Major League manager should aspire to be. And don't think that the Astros were stupid by hiring him. In fact, it was the greatest move they've ever made. Because, quite frankly, everybody hated the Astros. Everybody still does hate the Astros. No one, no one on earth has a negative thing to say about Dusty Baker, because he's the coolest man who ever lived. Do I want Dusty to get a ring? Yes. Do I want an H on it? Absolutely not. I want the Braves to win this so, so bad. I love Dusty more than just about anybody in the world. I do not want Houston winning another ring. Quite frankly, also Jock Peterson and Max Fried on the other team. I mean, come on. The Atlanta Braves are fun. Will they win this? Probably not. At the end of the day, the Astros are just too powerful of a lineup. We're just basically banking on the Atlanta Braves being very, very hot. They are a good ball club. They have every they need to win, and I do think they out they edge out the Astros just a tick when it comes to what they're starting pitching because they do have a pretty good three-headed monster. But we can't sit here and pretend that the Astros have not pitched their minds out as well. Valdez, Garcia, these guys have absolutely stepped up. We're losing out on Lance for Houston, which is very big for the uh, the Atlanta Braves. And Game 1 is going to be a very interesting game because you got Lance McCullers Jr., former Astro, won, an, won a World Series in 2017 there, 37-year-old veteran, just signed a two-year extension with Atlanta great move by Atlanta going on against Garcia listen I think that the Braves are not going to win this series but I do feel really good about
4: the Braves on the money line for game one on Tuesday baby Ooh. now Cody I th- two and a half three weeks ago I thought people thought Atlanta was cute you know kind of nice story you know overcame the Okuna injury fought their way back won a very very weak division over the Phillies and, and the Reds and the, the Mets And then all of a sudden they get in a series against this behemoth, the great Los Angeles Dodgers. And they went pitch for pitch, hit for hit, and thoroughly beat the Dodgers. This wasn't like a fluke win. That momentum, you mentioned it, baseball's a streaky sport. What do they have to do to pull this upset? Quite frankly, they just need to
1: pitch, field, and hit. It's just at the end of the day, that's what you got to do better than the other team that day. In a long season, we've seen it. Every bad team has beaten every good team, and we're not going to sit here and pretend that the Atlanta Braves are a bad team. In fact, yes, they were in a weak division. They had a pretty subpar year up, to up until August 6th when they finally got to 500. but the second half of the season, that Atlanta Braves team was a completely different ball club than that first half of the season. I will freely admit, that first half of the season, complete dumpster fire, lost all their players due to injury, but look at all those trades that they made. You got you got Adam Duvall, who could play a little bit of center field, Solaire coming in there. They brought in Stephen Vogt, which was very big for the catcher spot because travis darno was hurt this team and then they got travis darno back then max Fried came back from his injury and realized he didn't need to strike everybody out and he's pitching complete game shutouts like maddox would at 85 pitches this team can win the World Series, and I cannot stress this enough, I am going to light every candle in the
5: world to try to make it happen because I hate (laughs) the Astros,
1: Sean. They cheated. (laughs) I'll
5: be lighting those candles too, by the way, but not because I hate the Astros. I do, but
4: I just want to make more money. Uh, Cody Decker here on the Nightcap. So, Cody, you know, we're always looking at player props now. So let's just start with the Braves hitters. uh, Freeman uh, had some momentum, you know, post all-star break to even being in the mvp conversation i think a lot of people are familiar with him but which one of those bats do you think is really going to sustain the dominance that they've displayed so far in the playoffs
1: i think the easy pick is always freddie freeman you got a guy who is a perennial silver slugger award winner always right there in the mvp chase but he's not the guy that's going to carry them offensively there's been a different guy on that team who i would say is the team mvp ladies and gentlemen uh, he's playing third base over there for the Atlanta Braves, and that is that is Austin. What he's been doing over there has been killer. He has absolutely decimated the Dodgers himself. Not to mention, like this season that he's really had to turn around over at third base. Like he's really carried this team, especially that first half of the season, not to mention everything Freddie Freeman can do, but look what he did to the Dodgers. He just absolutely had huge hits late in the game and don't think that they just decimated the Dodgers. What they did was they beat the Dodgers late and the Dodgers have arguably one of the best bullpens in baseball, a much better bullpen than the Houston Astros. You get a guy like Austin up there with Freddie Freeman on base or maybe the other way around, not to mention Soler backing it up. Jock Peterson has been incredible this year. I think this is a team that can, every single player on this team can pull the wait and someone can come uh, come out
4: and be the new star. But I think this has been completely Austin's coming out party. Now flip sides for a second. I mean, they've got household names, Altuve, Carrera. I mean, uh, Tucker, Alvarez, like which one of the Houston big name guys is going to separate themselves if Houston's able to win it and and win the series MVP? I'm going to say one name that you just mentioned. That's Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa, to me, is arguably one of
1: the best baseball players in the world. I've only played against three guys in my career that I looked at going, my God, that guy is playing a different sport than me. And that. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Correa, Mike Trout, and Andrew Benatendi, all of which have been all-stars. Mike Trout might be the greatest player who ever lived. But, yeah, Carlos Correa is basically a cheat code on a baseball field, not to mention the single greatest pimp job in home run history. (laughs) God, everything about that was perfect. Give him a team. Don't give him a huge contract.
4: Give him a team. Can you imagine if George Springer was still in this lineup, too?
1: Oh man, it'd be disgusting if George yeah. Springer was still there.
4: No,
5: it would, I, I, I'm glad he's not. That, I mean, I, I, to be honest, for for my uh, for my for my sake here. Hey, Cody, we got uh, about a minute and a half here, uh, so I know you're leaning towards the Astros. So if you want to get a little fancy, uh, what are we looking? What what is the series price you're looking at? You know, Astros to win six games is plus three ninety. Uh, to win in sevens, four to one. So give us a prediction on the series and your MVP before we let you run. My prediction of the series is Astros
1: in 6 games. I think that is the smart play and I do think Carlos Correa will be your World Series MVP. That's not what I want though. What I want is the Braves in 7 games and Tyler Austin to be your World Series MVP. It's just not going to happen.
5: Well, you look at uh where's where's Tyler Austin? Um but uh yeah, let's uh let's just hope. Let's just hope that we can uh we can put we will bring Cody back on yeah. when uh when the Braves you know, no one thought that my Nats were going to do it two years ago, but we did it. You know, you won those first two games, so let's pull for the NL East here, Cody, all right? I will, but let's not forget also, if the Braves do win, Adam Duvall at 30-1 to is a really tasty price. Ooh, there okay. we go. Austin Riley, your guy at 12-1, to and then Adam Duvall at 30 right, Sorry, I say Tyler Austin? I meant Austin Riley. You Aust- know what I meant. Yeah, Austin Riley. Hey, Cody, you're the man. Always appreciate it. We need to get you back my to man. Circa here soon, all right? Hey, I will drive over any time. I just need to invite. This is your big dog. Let us know. <laughs> there he is. Cody Decker, the best former big leaguer. And uh, I don't know. What is he sitting on? A throne there? What is that, Cody? A throne?
4: That's called rich people furniture.
5: That is. That is. That is. That's, that's, big, league. that's big leaguer furniture right there. We'll get you updated early fourth quarter. Thanks, Still driving. 10 to 10 saints on the move that's sean king i'm tim murray we'll get you the latest on the live line and everything you need to know and also take a look back at the weekend that was right here on the Nightcap.
0: saturdays are for sunshine especially for your ears with another election ongoing wars and natural disasters we know the news can be a lot to take in and we're determined to share the bright side of humanity Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call.
2: This is the Nightcap on v the
5: Sports Betting Network. Indeed helps you find great hires fast. Indeed is your all-in-one platform for interviewing, screening, hiring high-quality people. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. That is Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. Cody Decker. Thanks, as always, for him joining us. Always brings the energy. My guy, man. Always getting get him back to Circa. Always love to. I'm sure he will be back here. We had uh, a good time. Yeah, we always have a good time. Uh, Cody Decker hanging out here. What was that? A couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, came in studio. Big,
4: the, ba- Big Balls wasn't happy. He took his chair. By the way, shout out to berries. Oh, yeah. For we a had great a great dinner. On phenomenal Friday. dinner. Yeah. Tremendous. We went in. Me, myself, Tim, and uh, Bill A.D. Man, it was delicious. Yeah, it was a great meal. So if you haven't gotten to Barry's Steakhouse here mm-hmm. at Circa, it's definitely worth the visit. Very unique experience. <laughs> Sean, Sean looks
5: at me. It's like ten thirty. You know, we're having a we're having a hydrating a, a post game post show cocktail. It's on Friday. You know, we're, we're 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 celebrating a successful week or you know just moving on from a week in the past. And uh, he looks at me and goes, "I'm starving. You want to go to Barry's?" I'm like. Facts. Am I going to turn down a visit to a steakhouse here at Circa? Nope. And it was a great call. It was. It was a great call by you. That's why you're a quarterback. You know, you make the right play That's calls. Right, I'm like the wide receiver. You just tell me where to go, and uh, I'll try to get there, and you throw it to me. So, uh, tremendous dinner, I agree. And uh, that was a great call by the
4: by the Cubans. By the way, what are we, 10-10 now? Seattle has the ball. Yeah. But a little, yeah, a little disagreement Jameis, on the Jameis. sideline. I like that by Jameis. And here's why. Traquan Smith isn't playing full speed. Like, he's this is his first game back. Like, I don't know if he's mentally pulling a Ben Simmons or if he's physically, like, not all the way healthy. But earlier in the game, you know, he has a chance for a big play. He's not running. He runs a crossing route. He's not running. Like, as a quarterback, like, sometimes you have to do things that make other people uncomfortable. And they're not getting a great effort and performance out of Traquan Smith in his first game back from, from I think it was IR that he was on. But I understand Jameis' frustration. And listen, Traquan, when you're wrong, man, you just got to say I'm wrong and I'll get it fixed.
5: By the way, we uh, we need the breaking news sounder because we just saw D.K. Metcalf get another reception. Okay.
4: (laughs) He He is in the game.
5: He has now been targeted twice on this drive, one reception for 12 yards. But remember, he had the first touchdown of the game, 84 yards, and then hadn't been targeted since he does pick it up there. So if you had D.K. Metcalf receptions, you're thinking – I'm really not going to get there. He had an 84-yard touchdown reception in the first quarter, and we're not going to get there. Now he has two receptions, so you're starting to see it there. Uh, but Geno Smith, that was his first completed pass in over 15 minutes of game time.
4: So i tell you a funny story about uh, the running back from Seattle, Alex Collins, who's filling in. Yeah. So coming out of high school, he's a kid from Miami, from South Florida. His mom really wanted him to go to University of Miami. Hmm. His dad had brokered a deal with, I think it was, who's the head coach of Illinois right now?
5: Brett Bielema. Brett Bielema to to was. To go to there. Arkansas? Yes,
4: to go to Arkansas. Yeah. And his mom would not sign the National Letter of intent. and she had legal custody. <laughs> <laughs> That's that Alex
5: Collins. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, shout out to Illinois. Uh, one of the ugliest things of all time. That was some time. bad football. That was horrible. That was that, bad football. That was horrible. And, 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 and let me put we, it. In, we me... did mention that in the look ahead spots. Uh, of, of teams overlooking their opponents, and I thought Michigan would be more susceptible because yeah. they were playing Northwestern. Michigan's a good
4: team. Nor- no, yeah,
5: they they pulverize yeah. them, and, and that's going to be a and lot And Northwestern of fun has very Saturday. average players. Yes.
4: So so let me put it in perspective. As does Illinois. The overtime of Illinois-Penn State. Oh. Two-point conversion, you need to need to gain three yards. Right. I want to say they went through, well, the first two, you could do whatever. Then so, it's the third on, right?
5: So yeah, the new rules, if you if you haven't been up to date. So the new rule, they've changed it. Right. For player safety, less uh which was unfortunate, uh, because Art Sitkowski, the quarterback for Illinois, broke his wrist in overtime. Yeah, he
4: threw a bad ball. So. Um
5: but first first overtime, normal rules, you can go score a touchdown and kick an extra point. Second overtime, still from the twenty five yard line, and then as Tyler Lockett, uh he has That's not Tyler That's Lockett. not Tyler Lockett. No, of that's, course not. No, Freddie yeah, Smith. I have
4: Tyler Lockett in fantasy. Of course, that's not him. Okay, as you were saying, the rules in overtime. Second
5: overtime, but you have, if you score a touchdown, you have to go for two. Then in the third overtime, it's one play. It's a two-point conversion. Right,
4: so the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, they didn't score. Correct. A two-point conversion is at the three-yard line. Correct. So let me tell you how bad this is. <laughs> Think about what the offensive coordinator at Indiana, at Illinois, and Penn State make. And you mean to tell me you couldn't design a play in five plays a game three yards? Well, there was—I forget which overtime it was because it gets lost in the shuffle. She They did a uh,
5: Philly, uh, Penn State did the Philly special, right? And there was a bad throw, and Sean Clifford's hurt, and he tried to catch it and couldn't make it. Then the next play, Illinois this guy was wide open, dropped. First the of all, zone. let me
4: let me give you a couple different things that were terrible about the play. First of all, why do you call it so there's a left-handed guy throwing the ball? That's true. First of all, the rotation on the ball to Clifford is going to be completely different. Why not call it with somebody who can, and you do it the other way, if right. so he's throwing to the right? <laughs> Secondly, why with a guy that didn't, can't throw? Like, it's nothing about that throw that made you say, oh, he threw it better in practice. Right. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, this was, I think I tweeted out, man, it is some bad, Football being played in Happy you know, Happy Value Pennsylvania. I had,
5: I, had a, I was on a little dad duty early uh, midday on Saturday, and I was trying to get out the door with my little guy, and I'm like, "Well, I can't leave." And it was, it wasn't even enjoyable. I had no bet on either side. I, I just I, I had to watch the end of it, and I, I don't know what the comparison is, but it was it was. So awful. let me ask
4: you a big picture question, just right quick. Yeah, you're the AD at LSU. Mm-hmm. You're the AD at USC. USC.
5: Geno Smith just give... got sacked on third and 11, back to the 35 yard line. So now this potentially is
4: potentially a fumble. And I uh, think he'll ultimately be called they, down. they but kept the ball. Got so way.
5: now it's going to be a 52 yard attempt. We just saw their kicker make it from 52, but he's also missed it from 44. Huge sack Absolutely. by the Saints, and uh, just can't happen.
4: So, my point you're the AD yeah. at Southern Cal or LSU. You give, in my opinion, James Franklin a pass for Iowa because Clifford got hurt. But if I'm one of those ADs and I'm watching that game, why would I want James Franklin? I mean, Penn State didn't look well coached. No. They didn't look prepared. And that's kind of his MO. Yeah, like I mean, so I I I I struggle sometime with uh, ah, no kickers. Good. 53 yard a kickers. 53-yard field Seattle, goal. Seattle, I told you, he can't, hey, go to the sideline. Don't pull your helmet off and look for comfort. Just run to the sideline. These kickers, they, they get emotional when they miss. They want somebody to hug them and say it's going to be all right. It's not going to be all right. And let me say what I said. Every kicker in the NFL should be on a minimum salary, and they should have after-season compensation based on what percentage of field goals that kicker made that year. And if they're in between uh, 90 and 100, it should be one number. If it's 80 to uh, 89, another number. Like performance-based pay for those guys. Okay, back to what I was talking about. Why would you want James Franklin? I don't know that you would.
5: Um and it's going to be hard, you know, you just fi- if you're LSU, right? Mm-hmm. You just fired a coach that won a national championship 2 years because you expect more, whether you believe that or not. It is what it is. James Franklin has won one Big 10 championship. He's now losing games and and like you said, with Sean Clifford uh being hurt at Iowa, they were up by two touchdowns, you give him a pass, but as we saw with the Tennessee situation, which was an absolute and utter disaster when they were trying to hire a coach. You know, you had boosters, you know, making, you know, uh, calls and whatnot. I mean, they, they thought they had Mike Leach. That falls apart. Then it was going to be uh, 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 Greg Schiano. That falls apart. And uh, so, you know, you have to win that that press conference, mm-hmm. even though that's not the way it should be. You have to, though. Because you know it's about the money, right? You need the donors.
4: I don't believe you have to win it, but I get where you're coming from. You know, and I I just, I'd rather lose the, the press press right and win all and, and win the championships. But
5: but but you're looking at James Franklin, and he can recruit, but
4: is he a good enough executor? Can he recruit as of right now? And, and, and here's what I next year's class. I, I mean, always he's brought in some guys. I always ask this question when I'm talking to ADs. I talked to a lot of athletic directors around the country. When you tell me a guy can recruit, don't tell me where his high school incoming recruiting class is ranked. Tell me how many players that were at the program under him get drafted or end up being players in the National Football League. I'm not going to hold accountable a coach whose player went undrafted but is starting in the NFL. But tell me the guys that you're putting into the National Football League. Because, see, I want a head coach that not just can go out and get guys that other people have given rankings – but can evaluate and get talented players into our program and develop them and turn them into NFL-caliber players. That's what I want to see. And the last time I checked, Penn State hadn't been blowing up the NFL draft with just a, a, a boatload of guys. I
5: and mean, they've had, you know, they had Micah Parsons. Yeah, they have had some elite top guys. Top they had that tight end uh, whose name is escaping me now. But, yeah, for LSU and for USC, it's...
4: I'd be interested. I mean, you, I'd you be saw interested what that number is.
5: Carson Palmer went today on Dan Patrick's show and talked about... I mean, he put out some names that were heads: Mike Tomlin, yeah, Mike. Jeff Fisher. Pittsburgh. Hey, by the way, USC, if you want to hire Jeff Fisher and have seven wins every year, as a Notre Dame fan, Fisher's not leaving. Go it. for it, he Jeff saw it Fisher. To Urban, Jeff Fisher, Jeff Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Fisher. Go to break. <laughs> <laughs> ten to ten, out in Seattle. It's a nightcap here on Vison.